Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's the SOS Stacy on Sports Podcast Show. We took a little intermission, but we back in full swing. Y'all listening to the main host, Stacy Carter second, and the whole team is back. Mike White Jr., Ben Okazawa, and Kareem Lewis. Say what's up, people. What's going yo, on? Let's yo. get it, man. Yeah, I, I like again. the energy. <laughs> All right, we back at it again. Um, I do want to give... Um, Mr. Mike White Jr., congratulations. He won our NBA playoff betting pool. Thanks to the Dallas Mavericks. How you feel, Mike? Hey, I feel pretty good, man. I made some smart picks along the way. Chose the right upset along the way. Ultimately, it, 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 I came out on top, man. So I appreciate that little run we have, fellas. <laughs> yeah, and um, thanks to the process of elimination, I ended up in second place and Ben ended up in third. But we'll get them next time, Ben. We will get them next time. <laughs> I feel like it's a flawed, flawed selection process. <laughs> hey, look, man. As much as I, as much money as I've lost in Fanduel, I was bound to win something at some point, man. So I had to get something. You were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations once again. Our episode will be about the NBA free agency is right around the corner, so we're gonna talk about, of course, the Lakers. Then we got some Brooklyn Net news involving Kyrie Irving. And also, we're going to bring up the WNBA. They all-star starters have been announced, and we're going to dive into that. But first, we got to get started with the NBA draft. The NBA draft happened this past Thursday, leading off with Apollo Bancaro going number one to the Orlando Magic, followed by Chad Holmgren to the Thunder, and Jabari Smith Jr. going to the Houston Rockets. And there was a couple of surprises along the way. There were some trades along the way, but overall, the draft, it was cool. It happened. Let's talk about it. Let's get our give our reactions. Mike, big winner over there. Um, what you think about the NBA draft? What was your reactions to it? Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting, man. It was definitely right out the gate. I'm sure a lot of people were surprised, obviously, that Apollo went number one. Um, those odds, I know everybody saw the odds just massively swing. And I, I was kicking myself. I was like, man, why didn't I put a bet in on Paulo to go number <laughs> one? But ultimately, he goes number one to the Magic. Um, you can't really be mad at that pick at all. Chet goes to OKC, like you said. And Jabari Smith, I think the Rockets are feeling pretty good today that Jabari Smith fell into their laps. You know, possibly an elite scorer coming to their team. You know, 6'10 guy who can shoot. You know, they've been comparing him to KD and things of that nature. So, Combine him with a Jalen Green, a Kevin Porter Jr., a young team that's on the young up and up. I'm sure Houston fans are feeling good today. Um, sleepers are surprised. We're doing that now. Should I, should I throw my sleeper and surprises in there? Yeah, hey, by all means. I want to uh, know. So I'm going to just start, man. So this, this, these were my two big surprises from the draft. Um, more so towards the back end of the draft as opposed to the front. Patrick Ball went out of Milwaukee, man. This was a guy that I wanted the Lakers to snag. He was, like, supposed to go, like, in the second round in the middle of the 40s. Golden State takes a plunge on him in the first round of the 28th pick, man. I think that's a great pickup for them. Uh, like I said, a 6'10 guy who can shoot the three. He has the ability to possibly be an elite shooter. Um, you know, his, his time in Milwaukee, he was held out for an ankle injury. But, you know, looking at the tape, man, guy has a great shot. And then you're bringing him to a place like Golden State where they've already shown with Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Mooney, guys like that, that, you know, they know how to mold young talent, know how to put them in the right system. So I think that's an absolute steal for them. And the second, more so a surprise than a sleeper, man, 
Jaden Hardy dropping all the way down to the second round from the G League Ignite. I really thought he was going to go in the first round at some point, even if he wasn't the top 10 pick. I thought I'd seen him going somewhere, maybe 15 to 20 in that range. And he dropped all the way down to the second round. He got drafted by Sacramento, but he's being traded to Dallas. This is an elite shot creator, like elite, elite, off the bounds, off pick and rolls, can create a little bit. So, you know, just in case Dallas doesn't isn't isn't you know able to obtain you know Jalen Brunson, this is another young guy who can come in and give you something similar, add a little bit bigger. Now, granted, he's not a huge guy; he's only six four. But when I say elite shot creator, I mean off the bounce in the in the mid range, has deep three point range. So I think uh, Dallas really uh, stole one right there, and I'm surprised he dropped all the way down to the second round. So those are my two big ones, man. And another thing about Jaden Hardy that I like is. In the G League, man, this dude shot 50% on open three-pointers. So you go into a place where you have Luka Doncic, all eyes are going to be on him. You got a Spencer Dinwiddie. You got guys like that who draw attention. You're going to get open threes, man. So, you know, when when they talk about it doesn't matter where you get drafted, kind of matters who you get drafted to and the spot, I think this is a perfect perfect spot for Jaden Hardy to find some opportunity. Yeah, good steal by the Mavericks. Good steal. Ben, what was your overall reactions to the NBA draft? Anything that stuck out to you? Um, yeah, no, it was definitely a, a super, I think, top-heavy draft, but there were some good guys taken a bit later on um, and even into the second round. Mike mentioned Pat Baldwin. Um, I think he's didn't have the greatest showing in college. He didn't show entirely what he could do, but I think he could be electric um, as a scorer in the NBA. Um, some other sleepers, Kennedy Chandler, um, yep. taken going to Memphis at 38, um, shot 39% from three. One of the most explosive players I've, I've ever seen on a basketball court in my life. Just watching him in the SEC tournament in March of Madness. Um, that first step is unreal. He's a bit undersized, but I think his athleticism gives him a bit of an advantage and kind of covers up uh, what he lacks in height. And he's going to be a good fit in Memphis. I'm super excited to see if he gets any run next to jaw next to Desmond Bain. Um, and just his mentality. Um, uh, we saw the passion, uh, in the March, in March madness. So I'm super excited to see him. And you look at, you know, the Toronto Raptors, uh, second round, early second round pick Christian Coloco, uh, in my opinion, best defensive big in the NCAA last season, average nearly three blocks a game. And he's stretchy too. He can kind of go out in the perimeter and guard out there as well. So I think they got a steal there. Like I said, um, Pat Baldwin as well. And I think Jabari Smith falling a three. In my mind, the most NBA ready of the guys that we've, you know, looked at in that top 10 um, selections. He can score in a huge variety of ways. And what he's going to bring to the Houston Rockets young core. Um, is going to be exciting for everyone to see. So I think it's, you know, a fun little draft class, and I'm excited to see what the rookies do this season. All right, all right. Korea, what was your reactions to the NBA draft? What stuck out to you? Um, so I thought, I think that um, Mark Williams was a good pick. Um, mm-hmm. He was a good steal. So, um, like, the Hornets did a good job with that. And then I also think that Christian Braun as well from Kansas yeah um that was another good one um for me at least um but yeah like i think the nuggets um will definitely use him in a good way and i think that it was a real good steal um on their part and then when it comes to like mark williams um he was like he was like a good player he was pretty decent when he played for duke 
Um, so I think that um, the Hornets, like they'll, um, you know, be like successful for with um, him. I can't talk right now, but they'll be they'll basically um, have like a good uh, lineup with him in there, too. And then I feel like uh, sleepers like um, I don't really have any. I can't really think of any at the moment. But I just think that um, Christian and Mark were good picks for me, in my opinion. All right. All right. I, I agree with the Christian Brown pick, too. I thought that was a good sleeper pick for them. Um, as far as Ben Carroll going number one overall, I called that from the beginning. I expected that. I thought he was the most NBA ready out of the class, even a little bit above Jabari, Jabari Smith. But I knew he was going to go number one. I wasn't too impressed with Chell Holmgren at Gonzaga. But the upside is there. So, of course, the Thunder can't pass up on that. Then Jabari being the best player available at that point at number three was great. Um, I was looking at Jaden Ivey going to the Detroit Pistons. I thought that that was an interesting pick, given that they already have Kay Cunningham. And my thought process was – I. I didn't know how that would work exactly because they, you know, they kind of the same built, except Kay Cunningham's more of an all-around player than Jay and Ivy. But I'm starting to think future prospects, if they get coached up right, right by Dwayne Casey, like that could be a good one-two punch, a good scoring combination right there. Jay and Ivy, he can score. And so can Kay Cunningham. And Kay Cunningham can handle more of the, the assist role. I thought that was pretty – I thought it's pretty interesting going forward for the Pistons. And also, they traded for uh, Santa Jalen Duran out of Memphis yep. and after they got rid of uh, Jeremy Grant going to the Portland Trailblazers. So, I think the Pistons are marching in the right direction finally. And maybe in a few years, we can see them pop off with, the, with that little young core right there. So, I kind of like what they did. But uh, one team that stuck out. And it wasn't for a good thing. What's the New York Knicks? The New <laughs> York Knicks. Everybody wondering what they're going to do at number 11. You know, they, it was some players down there they could have took. They drafted a player, but they also traded him away to the Oklahoma City Thunder for three first-round picks in the future. Then they traded for the 13th pick and then packaged that and traded that away. And also Kimball Walker. And they got now more first-round picks. Um, the analysts during the draft saying the Knicks are just loading up assets to go after somebody big. They keep on bringing up Jalen Brunson for some reason. Maybe that's one of their targets, but the, the Knicks had a pretty interesting draft and it was pretty interesting reaction from Spike Lee and Stephen A. Smith, both on dropping to their knees and praying. And I don't know what they was doing, but I think it was a little bit of overreaction, but let's talk about, let's talk about the Knicks. Did they do the right thing in this draft, Ben? Um, listen, I can see the thought process. It's not as not as out of pocket as as some people would like to suggest, gearing up for the future. Um, but if this is all for Jalen Brunson, like you said, which it, it very well might be, um, I got nothing against Jalen Brunson. I think he's a hell of a player. If you're going to do all of this for someone who might give you like 16 points and five assists per game, who Let's, let's be real. He's not going to lead you to a championship. I think that much is clear. He's never going to be that guy. So unless you're gearing up for Kyrie, 
who he might also not ever be able to lead you to a championship. I'm very, very confused by what the plan is here. Um, we talked about Jalen Duren, hell of a player. Uh, you mentioned the Pistons. I think they had a great night. The Knicks, the Knicks might have let that one slip. Um, so if you can't get someone like Kyrie, you know, a generational talent, I, I have no clue what any of this was for. Um, but if you're just kind of giving up on this year, trying to get draft picks for the future, then you know what? I respect the self-awareness that you're not going anywhere soon and you're just trying to get, be a little <laughs> Sam Presti OKC and just load up on draft picks and see if you can make something happen in the future. Hey, just load up. Just load up. Mike, what you think about the Knicks moves in the uh, NBA draft? Oh, man. So if, if I had to give him a grade, man, I'm, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to give him an incomplete right now. I'm going to give him an incomplete. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. I was confused at first, too, that they traded out. I think, what would you say? They was the 11th pick, right? 11th yeah. and 10th, one of those. So I was definitely confused by the move. But now that the dust has settled, they got $18 million worth of cap room now. Got three new protected future firsts while still controlling all of their picks and half a dozen extra second rounders. So clearly they're going big fish hunting, man. Clearly, they're going big fish hunting. They didn't believe anybody at 10 or 11 would make that sizable amount of a difference for their team. So why not go after, again, I agree with Ben, a Jalen Brunson. But then maybe I've also heard rumors they're setting up a trade package for Donovan Mitchell. We don't know what's going on in Utah. So I'm not totally mad at the moves they made. I think it's a more of a to-be-determined type of thing. Okay, now that you've got the cap space and you got all the picks, can you put together the next set of moves to put you back on the map? Like, so I got to kind of believe that, you know, Leon Rose, he's been good since he's been hired in New York. I got to believe there is a method to the madness. And they just felt that nobody at 10 or 11 could help them right away. I mean, obviously they could have took a young guy, you know, they could have built him up. He could have been a decent role player, but I think they're really set up not so much for, you know, this year's free agency, but for next year's free agency when it's, when it's a better class to go after some top-tier talent. Now, if you bring in Jalen Brunson, I think that's a good step. If you make a move to get a Donovan Mitchell, okay, now we're talking about some. Let's see what pieces you add around him. So I ain't going to give him an F, man. I know it was a surprise <laughs> to Nick fans. I know Nick fans are not happy, but let's see what they do with the cat room first, man. So I'm going to give him an incomplete, an incomplete for now. An uh, incomplete, man. They made moves so confused they can't even get a grade for it. Got to wait and see. They uh, can't, man. They can't. They gotta. They gotta revise their essay. See what happens with that. Uh, Korea, what you think of the next moves in the NBA draft? So speaking of essays, this is like a maybe like a rough draft for the Knicks or something. Mm. But yeah, rough. <laughs> real rough. <laughs> but um, pretty much like I feel like the Knicks, like honestly. It's just like a crazy like trip for them. Um, and, you know, like they traded like the number uh, number 11. How was I going to say one number 11 pick in, um, in the draft uh, to the to uh, Oklahoma for the th uh, first three round pick. Uh, so first round. Sorry. So um I don't know. It's like, it's crazy. Like I agree with like what Mike and Ben said about Jalen Brunson too. I feel like the Knicks, like they just like, they need to do something like, Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's like, it's annoying. And like, I know like their fans must be annoyed and like frustrated watching like their team, like do this and you know, but 
I guess like um, I also heard that uh, they received a 2025 first round pick um, to the Bucks, I guess. Um, and and I, I guess that's what um, the New York Post uh, website had said, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Knicks, like they're um, they're now um, 18 million under the salary cap. So, you know, they're really putting themselves like in a, you know, a little bit of a situation there, you know, Most of them have to see what happens with them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I get I get it. I get it. At 11 and at 13, there's not many, like, life-changing prospects there. I get it. But how many damn years they're going to keep doing this same thing over and over again? Ooh, let's load up so we can go after the big free agents. And they have not landed now big free agents since Carmelo and Amari Stoudemire. It might not happen again. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why they keep on selling – themselves as the Knicks, as that cornerstone franchise in the NBA, and they haven't produced anything in years. I, I don't understand it. Y'all think y'all going to get Kyrie Irving? He ain't going there. He had an opportunity to go there, and he turned it down to go to the Knicks. So what you make think? What you think he going to double back and go to your team for? And if you do all this, why would you go after Jalen Brunson, of all people? Nah, no disrespect to Jalen Brunson. He did his thing in the playoffs. He did his thing this past season. But this man is not going to win you a championship in New York, and that's what y'all are trying to do. They better land Donovan Mitchell out of all of this. They, <laughs> they got to. They have no choice but to get Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Like They got to do something. If they going after a big free agent, they're going after somebody with an aspiring contract. They're going after an unhappy superstar. You got to land them when you make these moves. And if they don't, then what? They're going to be stuck with, what, like six first-round picks now? And, and cap space. And cap space, <laughs> like they've been having for the past, what, 10 years? Like something – I don't know what's in the Madison Square Garden. I don't know what's going on. Something got to change there. Y'all can't keep selling the Knicks as the Knicks because it's obviously not working. Y'all lost out on Kyrie. You lost out on KD when y'all had the opportunity. Matter of fact, y'all turned yourselves away from KD after he was probably going to go there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. There's nobody there 11 and 13 that you want to keep. But then again, y'all haven't landed nobody in years. We'll see what happens once again with the New York Knicks. We'll see what happens. But let's all stay in New York. On the other side, the net side, Kyrie Irving, his uh, deadline for June 29th to extend his contract is coming up, and he has yet to do it. It was a story that was reported that he's willing to do a signing trade if – he can't, you know, get the amount of money and the amount of years that he wants. And the teams that were listed were the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, for some whatever reason, and the Dallas Mavericks along with the Miami Heat. Now, there's rumors that most of those teams are not even interested in Kyrie. Also, Kyrie might not sign a long-term extension. He might want, like, a short-term deal. So it's a lot of things that's going on with those two. After the stories came out um, when we was last on her that Kyrie, I mean, the Nets wanted more of a commitment from Kyrie. So 
We'll see what happens with that. But let's go ahead and analyze the situation. Korea, what do you think the Nets should do with Kyrie and what Kyrie should do? Well, um, I've been hearing some rumors, too, that uh, he may uh, it may be possible that the Sixers may steal him up. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, who knows about that, you know? But um, honestly, like, like if he doesn't go with the Sixers, I mean, like you said, there are other teams that possibly could get him too. Um, and also, I just think that um, uh, a move for him from the Nets, um, you know, would be good too, just so he can, you know, play for a team that, you know, like a different team that needs like the extra help. Uh, coming from a player like him, you know, especially because of his performance and all that, I would I actually wouldn't mind seeing him play for the Sixers. Um, I think that it would it would be kind of like a weird dynamic at first, in my opinion. But I think that it would be like interesting to see him play for Philly um, because, you know, uh, they do need like that extra, you know, help bet online. They're giving the Sixers uh, the fifth best odds of landing um, him this offseason uh, if he doesn't remain with Brooklyn. So that also follows, um, it says the Lakers, Clippers, Heat, Knicks, and the Mavericks too. So, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but um, I would like to see him go to the Sixers, you know? So, Yeah. Um, I want to ask how you feel about the Lakers being involved in all this. Do you, do you uh, think that's a viable spot too? Wait, what was that? Do you think that's a good spot for him to go to, to, you know, to reunite with LeBron in LA? Um, I mean, I haven't really thought of it personally. Um, I mean, I haven't really thought about him going to LA. Uh, I mean, I think it would be like cool, you know, because at least he can like, you know, play with LeBron again. But at the same time, like, I don't really see that happening. Um, but who knows what could happen, you know? But I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers. All right. All right. Uh, ben, what you think about this whole Kyrie contract situation with the Nets? What should both sides do in this situation? Uh, man, the Nets collapse has been unreal. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you, Load up, get the best, you know, one of the most talented big threes we've ever seen in NBA history. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, everyone instantly, the reaction is, these guys are going to go win a championship. Harden's gone. Now, it looks like the relationship with Kyrie um, is getting pretty close to irreparable. Um, so, yeah, I think sign and trade is the only way to go. Um, for the organization, it's pretty catastrophic, I'm not going to lie. Um, you do a lot to go get these guys and you have nothing to show for it. Um, I think Steve Nash probably is going to be done because of this. Their front office has pretty much embarrassed themselves. Um, I don't think the Lakers are a feasible option at all. Uh, there's no package if you're talking sign and trade. Yeah. Uh, and unless, they, as, um, unless they package Westbrook. I mean, that's the only, only way it'll work. And then think about on the other side, does Brooklyn say yes to that after what they each showed in the past season? Um, I think the team with the best package is probably the Miami heat. That's Tyler hero, 
Picks, Max Struess, Kyle Lowry, something, you know, in that realm. Or you could go Bam. Or you could go Bam. Bam. Um, Bam out of bio and picks. I personally wouldn't give up Bam, uh, but that would be super enticing for the Nets. And then if you're the Heat, you get someone next to Jimmy Butler who can go get you a chip right now. Because obviously we saw Bam um, wasn't the most reliable offensive player, wasn't most reliable, sorry, scoring option. Um, in the playoffs, kind of collapsed against the Celtics in the conference finals. So to get that guy who can actually go get you a bucket when Jimmy's getting doubled, when Jimmy's getting all the focus, um, could make them more competitive. But if we're just talking future prospects, I, w- I wouldn't give up Bam for Kyrie um, in a second. But I, I, I do think the Heat is the most realistic landing spot for him. Okay, speaking of Heat, I want to ask you this. So we know the Miami Heat has – a culture, right? Like everybody buys into this culture as far as training, being there on time for practice, how they play in the game, et cetera, et cetera. Now, on the other side, we know Kyrie, he likes to be his own man. He likes to operate in his own ways. He's eccentric. He's a bit unpredictable. You never know how he's going to feel. You know, he has put forth religious practice and all that stuff. I mean, do you really think that that's a – good option for Kyrie. Do you think the Heat will actually take on Kyrie knowing Kyrie is like that? It's a good question. Um, if you look at it at face value, it doesn't seem like it would work. Um, but Jimmy tends to have a certain effect. We saw it in Minnesota where you either he either will make a team or break a team um, just based on the culture. So it kind of it kind of depends, but you're right. On, on face value, just looking at it, Kyrie Miami Heat culture, it might not work. Yeah, yeah it's a bit odd. If if he does go there, that mean that that tells me that he wants to buy into the Heat culture if he goes there. But uh, Mike, what you think about this whole situation with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets? What should be the resolution? Uh, man, this is just hardball, man. This is just hardball from Kyrie. He wants his money. The Nets ultimately, man, you just gonna have to pay this man. At the end of the day, the reason you got KD is because Kyrie's here, best friend. So unless you want to run the risk of Kevin Durant demanding a trade, you're going to have to fork that money over. Now, you could put incentives in the contract saying, hey, you only get this certain amount if you play this certain amount of games. But at the end of the day, I think the player is going to win out on this. Um, Kyrie's in the prime of his career. I I know he missed a lot of games due to his vaccination status last year and and things of that nature, but – you, you're going to have to pay him. You're not going to do anything that will ultimately end up you losing Kevin Durant. I don't care what trade package you're talking about out there, specifically from the teams we're talking about, things of that nature. Nothing you're getting back is going to amount to having KD right now, who's still, even though some would say maybe not at the prime, but he's still at pretty much the peak of what he's going to be. So I, I think they're just going to have to pay him. Um, it sucks, but you're just going to have to put those incentives in his contract and hope Kyrie comes back motivated next year and is able to play in more games. Um, as far as the teams that he said he's open to go to, I mean, none of these teams really have the cap room to sign him. So if they do a sign and trade, now you're hard capping yourself. Now, how are you going to fill out the rest of your roster? So that's a lot to bet on on a player who has shown he's not the most reliable when it comes to being on the court. And even when he's on the court, Kyrie's an injury-prone player. I think we it's all it's safe for us to all say that. He's been hurt um, numerous times over the last couple of years. So are you ready to basically cap-stack yourself for 
a a superstar who might not always be there. I think that's something you got to think about. Um, looking at the teams that he suggested, I mean, the Mavericks, do you really want a Kyrie Irving when you have a Luka Doncic? I don't think so. I don't think that's the best fit. Um, looking at the Heat, they definitely have the pieces to move, but the Nets are going to want Bam for sure. They're going to want Bam. They're going to want probably Harold plus picks. So will Kyrie come and buy in the Heat culture? Like you guys said, that's the big question. He's with his best friend in Brooklyn right now, and he wouldn't get vaccinated. So <laughs> to go to expect him to go to Miami and just all of a sudden buy in because Jimmy Bucket says so, Kyrie thinks he's better than Jimmy Butler. So I don't think he's going to be listening to all that. So I don't think that's a good spot. I don't think Pat Riley wants that headache either. The Sixers dynamic is, is a little weird because who are you moving to get them ultimately? Who are the Brooklyn Nets going to want back? Tyre, is Tyrese Maxey and a Tobias Harris, is that enough? Maybe. Then you James Harden just left him, so are you retrading back Kyrie for Harden? So it just – it gets murky. It gets confusing out there, even down to my Lakers. Like, wh- what do the Nets want? Like, yes, we could drop a trade that Westbrook would fit. You throw in Westbrook and you trade him for Kyrie and a Patty Mills. That matches up money-wise, but – why would the Nets do that? Why would the Nets want to bring in a Russell Westbrook? It's already proven it hasn't worked with KD. Yes, maybe it worked for them for a longer rate, but Westbrook was also a different player then. He's a worse shooter now. You already have Ben Simmons about to come off injury, so now you got to juggle Westbrook and Ben Simmons on the court at the same time. None of these places really make sense. And then there's the rumor that he might just opt out of his deal and take $6 million to play for the Lakers. Now, me... As a Laker guy, I'm okay. I'm I'm for that. If I can get Kyrie for six mil, you know what I mean. He gonna come in, play a year, possibly win a championship. AD, LeBron, and Kyrie, I would take that. But the smart, the smart man to me says, why would he turn down almost thirty million dollars to go play for six mil with LeBron, where you might win a championship? Because then you got to think about, okay, is AD gonna be healthy? Okay, is LeBron gonna be healthy? But that's a whole nother story. The point I'm trying to make is, I think Kyrie's just playing hardball. He's throwing out these random teams like, yo, they want me. I'll go there. This team will sign. Knicks is clearing cap space. They they want me. What y'all going to do? And I think ultimately the Nets are just going to have to pony up the money, man, if they want to keep this ship rolling and you don't want to lose KD. You went through all this trouble trading, what, Karis LeVert and the Jared Islands and the D'Lo's and making all this room to try to bring in some superstars. I don't think they're going to let something as simple as paying Kyrie Irving you know, make them lose a guy like Kevin Durant. So ultimately, at the end of the day, I think they're going to fork up the money and Kyrie's going to be back in Brooklyn. Yeah, um, it's a sticky situation. I think Kyrie should opt in for a short term. I think he should do a short term. One year, give it one more year, maybe even two. Um, Let's see how the team looks with a healthy Ben Simmons, a healthy Kyrie, healthy KD. They can still do some damage if they – if they mess quickly, if they mess quickly, I don't really get why Kyrie wants to leave Brooklyn when Brooklyn let him be him the whole time. And yeah, I guess, but <laughs> I guess, but uh, it, it don't make sense to me. Like you said, this is your childhood team. You wanted to come here. You turned out other teams just to get here. Now you want to leave because they want more of a commitment from you, which organizations yet yeah, when they pay you a lot of money, you a superstar. They want commitment. They want to win the championship. Remember, the Brooklyn Nets gave up their future for you. 
and your homeboy. And now you don't want to, it don't really kind of make sense to me. I think he should opt in one more year, give one more try. If don't work out, you go ahead and go 2023. No hard feelings. But uh, where is he going to go? Like he's, He's pretty much stuck. The only team that he can go to that he could still be him and get paid is the New York Knicks. That's the only team. Everywhere else is going to be a murky situation, not just because of the money, but also the players that are already there. You go to two of the Lakers, you got LeBron and AD. How you going to feel about maybe being the third option on that team? The, the heat, the culture, you don't fit in. The way that you Live your life, which, you know, I have no problem with, but you don't fit in. The Mavericks, you got Luka there. So you're going to take the ball out of Luka's hands. You're going to play off Luka. There's really nowhere else for him to go. I think he should just try to make it work with the Brooklyn Nets, and the Brooklyn Nets should try to make it work with him. Just do a short-term deal, and everybody can be happy in 2022. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our beloved Lakers. Everybody going to be Everybody gonna be looking at them. Ben's like, like <laughs> our, yeah, our beloved Lakers. Man, ben, Ben, you you in this too. There's no escaping from this. But uh by association, I got you. Yeah, by association. But uh <laughs> but everybody's gonna be looking at the Lakers, what they're gonna do in free agency. That that once again, their team in the forefront in the spotlight for free agency. What should they do? Who should they target? What's a realistic target for the Lakers? Because, come on, fans, let's be realistic. They can't get everybody. But, uh, well, Mike, go ahead and start us off with that. What should the Lakers do this free agency period? Ah, uh, man, the, the Lakers, so, so far they've gotten the things they needed to do right so far. They got the coach they wanted, got mm-hmm. the coaching staff filled out. So I'll give them kudos for that. But as far as free agency, man, uh, a lot depends on what happens with Russell Westbrook. So if Russell Westbrook is staying – you don't have a lot of money to really go out here and make a big splash in free agency. Ultimately, you're going to be adding, you know, you know, fringe players. You know, I, I look at guys like an Otto Porter Jr. That's a good target for them. Uh, three Not and D a whole guy. Yeah, that they need a three and D wing type of player like that. I look at guys like, um, and I don't another Golden State guy, Gary Payton. You know, mm. like another free agent. They need perimeter defense and they need three point shooting. And what sucks is this free agency class, there's just not a lot, you know, not a lot out there. I would even look at a guy like, and I know he hasn't played, but a TJ Warren just for upside, you know, a six, eight guy who's proven he can score. Uh, I know we remember, I know we remember what he looked like in the bubble, but look, he's been hurt. I get it. But ultimately you got to work with the cat room that you got and you just don't have a lot. There's Ben McLemore out there, the things that they need. There's not an abundance of small forwards out there. And because they're so high in demand, the Lakers just aren't going to be able to pay them if you still have Westbrook on your team. So I think first it starts with figuring out what you're going to do with Westbrook, right? Are you like one of the rumored trades? Are you going to trade a Westbrook for like three rotational players? One of the trades out there was, um, it was like Westbrook for Kelly Oubre, um, Plumlee, and I believe like Terry Rozier. Are you going to do something like that? Are those guys all-star potential players? No, but could they come in and start immediately for the Lakers and plug some holes that you need? Yes. So these are just things that you have to think about because you sign Russell Westbrook. He's on this big contract. 
So you got to make do what you got. I think the Lakers only have their mid-level exception this summer. So it's not much. It's already going to be a task to re-sign a guy like Malik Monk, who's predicted to make about 10 mil this year. Lakers can't offer him 10 mil. They can offer him maybe six. You know, the same thing with like if Kyrie opted out. So it's going to be tough, but I think they need to look for, you know, I think they need to add an additional center. You know, I don't want AD at the five primarily no more this year. I think we need another guy. Mo Bamba is a name that I keep hearing thrown out there. Now that the Magic have signed, um, you know, Paulo and they have Wendell Carter, he might he might be a guy that's cut. I think that is a center that can come in and play off AD. Um, he can shoot the three ball and he can protect the paint. You know, so that way he can switch in and out with AD. Um, there's the Isaiah Hartstein. And I know these aren't sexy names, man, but you got to work with the cat room that you got. So I think the right. Lakers just need to go out. They re-signed Stanley Johnson already, you know, who played good for us last year. And you just got to find guys you can plug and play who can definitely play defense. That's the biggest part for it for the Lakers. That's what really dropped off last year. Offensively, you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis and even Russell Westbrook to a lesser degree. You're going to score some points, but can you get stops? And I think that's the biggest thing that fell off for the Lakers last year. Losing a Caruso, losing a Caldwell Pope. Hey, I used to give this guy crap, but losing a Kyle Kuzma who can switch, you know, three to four, sometimes two. You know, those things matter and they showed up this past season. So I think you go out. You find guys who can play defense one and at least be an average three-point shooter, and I think that'll put you back on the right path. Um, I like their draft pick. They drafted Max Christie out of Michigan, 6'6 kid who can defend, who can shoot the ball. So these are the type of things the Lakers are looking for, but ultimately supply and demand, baby. Ain't a lot of them out there. P.J. Yeah. Tucker opted out because he know he's going to get paid more because three and D-type wings are what's needed. So – it's going to be tough, man, but I think Otto Porter, Mo Bamba, um, Isaiah Hartstein, these are guys that the Lakers are going to be looking at just to fill out their roster and bank on the health of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Coach Darvaham making Russell Westbrook work. But if we do mm-hmm. trade Westbrook, that's a whole different story I can get into, man, but it starts there. All right, all right. Ben, what you think the Lakers should do during the free agency period? Like Mike said, and like we've talked about, you know, a bunch of times uh, in this episode alone, there's not a whole lot of room to work with um, financially for the Lakers this summer. Um, Some realistic options, probably my favorite, Marvin Bagley. He's Mm. still got a ton of potential. So my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Restricted free agent. So, you know, you're going to have to beat the Kings offer if they make, you know, a real offer. Um, but there's a ton of options uh, in that kind of realm. Um, Mike already mentioned a lot of them. And, you know, it depends on what you do with Russell Westbrook as well. Um, but Bagley, he's got a ton of potential. He didn't get to show a lot in Sacramento in his first few years there. Um, he's pretty much, pretty much already been labeled a bust. So he'll likely be on the cheaper side. Um, but he's still got the physical tools, still got the talent. Um, and I would love to see him get a shot somewhere other than the uh, career death trap that we like to call Sacramento. Uh, so I think that that's like my favorite, you know, free agency target for them if they can get their hands on it. Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley. Um, Korea, what you think the Lakers should do in this free agency period? Um, I definitely think that, um, us getting a new head coach uh, definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that helped lessen the anxiety for sure. 
And then also um, just like, you know, just starting with Westbrook, just honestly trading him, seeing what we could do with him first, that would be like even better. And then, um, you know, like we just need like, we just need to like, you know, make some adjustments, you know, we still need to do that. And um, like, I've been hearing stuff about, like I've been hearing some like, free agency talk like rumors that the Lakers should get like um like Alfred Payton and um you know I guess like the Lakers like um like I don't know if you guys would agree but the Lakers like we need like a player who like can generate like a good offense um basically just at a good rate you know and also just keeping like the pay still at the same time. And then I've been also hearing about uh, Markeith Morris as well. Um, You know, about him getting picked up by the Lakers. Mm. And um, also um, I've been hearing stuff about, he's a bit old, but Goran Dragic. Um, So like, he's like, um, he would be like a liability on the defensive side, but um, at the same time, like, um, he would bring like, uh, you know, a bit of like his vet energy, you know, the leadership, um, yeah. you know, um, so I don't know. Those are some names that, you know, I've been hearing. And then like Mike said too, Mo Bamba as well. Uh, that's a name I've been hearing as well. And also uh, Gary Harris. He's another guy in the wind. You <laughs> stole my answer too. Yeah. So <laughs> Gary, he's um, another guy, you know, that people are talking about as well, you know, that the Lakers could get during the free agency period. So we'll see, you know, and um, like Ben and Mike said as well, you know, there's not really a whole lot of options out there, you know, for free agency it's kind of just like, you know, um, I guess you can't be like super, super picky, at, like when it comes to like limited options, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, um, hopefully the Lakers will have a, a good free agency, you know, hopefully they'll get somebody that they'll get a guy that can, you know, um, help us like lead us into something good, uh, put us back on track, you know, because this past season we were kind of a little bit messy. So, you know, hopefully Westbrook, hopefully he can just kind of go, you know, separate, go do his own thing because it would be good in my opinion to just, you know, uh, trade him. And, you know, as long as we like, you know, kind of like do what we can do with him and then get focus on, you know, just, kind of like rebuilding ourselves and getting back to, you know, winning a championship again, you know, it's going to take some time, but hopefully we can get there soon, back up there soon. All right. Right. All right. Korea. I want you to listen closely. Uh-oh. Listen closely. Russell Westbrook is not going anywhere. So <laughs> yeah, well, I might want to leave that thought. It's just He's not going me. anywhere. Just $47 million. I know he's not walking away from that. Yeah. And you're not trading that either. So we'll, we'll see Russ. Yeah, next week. I know, but it's like <laughs> wishful thinking, you know? Yeah. And Mike, if you were th- on the same train, it's not happening. 
Hey, look, <laughs> you say it won't happen, but remember, it's only one year of that. So a team could be looking at $47 million worth. They're not looking at Westbrook to play. They're looking at, okay, $47 million in cat room in 2023. But you're right. I, I just... It's going. It's hard pressed to see me someone making a big move for him unless that's their only goal is to get cat room for next year. So it's it's still yeah. tough, man. It's gonna yeah. be tough. Yeah. Hey, the NBA is full of surprises sometimes. That's true. Yeah, they they told, hey, first off, y'all been told me Russell Westbrook couldn't get traded, and then he got <laughs> traded to was it Houston first? Then he got traded to the Wizards. I mean, it, it can happen now. Don't get crazy. Yeah, I, it's not going to happen, y'all. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I, I do agree they need to get perimeter defense, three knee players. Uh, they need to get some young, some young guys in there, too, because the league is getting younger. You're going to need some young people coming off the bench. Look what happened with um, the, the Golden State Warriors through that playoff run, Kaminga, and especially Jordan Poole. You know, shine when they needed to. But I was looking at some names. Y'all stole two of the names. I was going to say Gary Harris, Marvin Bagley. I think they'll fit in a little bit. TJ Warren is interesting. He hasn't played in like, what, three seasons? Two what? or three seasons? I think it's only been a year, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, just, well, just wait, a was, year. It's just yeah. a year. Man, it feels like because it was in the bubble. It, feel, it feels like five, yeah. Right. And then, like, <laughs> when they came back late 2020, he didn't play. I don't think he played this past year. So I know he didn't pay this past year for sure. He might only played half the season the year before that. Oh, okay. like but that. that's that's interesting. It's just I think that's a like um uh low low risk high reward type yep. of signing. Mm-hmm. But then again, man, he just always injured. It's always injured. That's the last thing you need. Right. Um I was looking at free agents like Tyus Jones coming out of the Memphis Grizzlies, good young guard, can play defense. Um Mo Bamba is interesting. Uh, I wish he was a little bit more developed, but that's what you get when you land with the Orlando Magic. You don't yeah. grow until you leave. So, so I, I don't mind them going after them. And I, also, I don't know how y'all feel about this guy, but I personally like his game. Colin Sexton. Mm, okay. I like Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is very good. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the uh, the path to getting Colin Sexton is. Yeah so. That, yeah, so that's the big thing. They can't afford a lot. Like Tyus Jones, I think Memphis is going to pay him. Marvin Bagley's with Detroit. Restricted free agent, I think they're going to match. I think they like what they see out of him. Colin Sexton would be have to be some kind of trade, and then the question is who you traded because the Cavs don't want Westbrook. Uh, and you're not giving up AD, so it's like – that's the that's the hard move with Westbrook's contract. It makes it so hard to make other. I trade in Westbrook for Colin Sexton though. Like, that's what even I'm saying. The Lakers not gonna do that. Cause I mean, but I'm saying like that's a good young, good yeah. young point guard can score and he got some dog in him too. Like yeah, definitely. So he can fight on the court. But hopefully, for the Lakers' sake, their relationship with the Cavs and him is rocky enough to where they they can let him walk. But. Um, I mean, of course, the Lakers not going to land any big names. There's no real big name free agent out there. But I think they should stop trying to focus, if they are, stop trying to focus on trading Russ. It's not going to happen. I think they made an offer to somebody and they like, no, no, we're not doing it. So stop with that and just focus on filling out the rest of the roster with 3D players, perimeter defenders, young guys who can step in just in case one of the stars struggle. And you, you and with the healthy, those three healthy and 
meshing together, they could still make a run at the playoffs at, at the least. I mean, that's still on the table, but uh, big name free agents, I don't think they should go after any. Just worry about filling up the rest of the roster. Worry about selling the idea that the Lakers are still finals contenders, yep. which, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit cloudy right now, but you know, they they in a much more better situation than New York Knicks. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> I think that's what should happen. All right. Last thing about the Lakers. Of course, we got to bring up LeBron James. LeBron is off for an extension in, in August. Now, it was rumors saying that he's not going to sign it. Um, we all know that he his idea is to play with his son once his, once his son entered the league. And also... <laughs> I, I was reading this. They're like, if Sharif O'Neal stays with the Lakers, like LeBron would play with Shaq and his son. Like that's right. <laughs> that is incredible. That is incredible. But longevity, yeah, longevity. Like, some, like some Tom Brady numbers right there. Yeah, man, dude. <laughs> right, but um, the question is, should LeBron sign his extension in August? Should he? stay with the Lakers, be a Laker for the rest of his career. Curry, what you think about that? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think personally, I think he should like, you know, um, sign an extension. Um, you know, I, I want him to finish with the Lakers. It'd be pretty cool. You know, um, just kind of like, you know, what Kobe did, you know, just like finish with them, even though LeBron didn't start with them, you know, at least he could finish with them, you know? So, I mean, it would be cool. And I mean, like, you know, we've seen like what he what he's done so far in these past, like, you know, some years since he's been with the Lakers, you know, and, um, you know, him and A.D., they have like great chemistry together. You know, I always enjoy seeing them, even though A.D. is like super, you know, kind of like injury prone and never really get to see that full play sometimes. But I still love the guy, you know, but yeah, I mean. Like, it would be nice to see LeBron, like, you know, retire as a Laker. So, yeah. And then, like you said, you know, his son's coming into the league and then Sheriff O'Neal, too. Like, you know, so that's like legendary right there, you know? Yeah. yeah I want to mention Scotty Pippen Jr., too. Yeah. I want to mention yeah. him. Oh, too. yeah. Him, too. Definitely. Yeah. Mike, uh, should uh, LeBron sign his extension in August? Um, I think he should sign in August. I think he's waiting and kind of putting the pressure on the Lakers front office to make some moves this summer. So he's going to wait to the last possible moment to sign that extension, you know, see what happens after the dust settles. Is a Westbrook trade happening? Okay. If it's not happening, what did you do to fill out the rest of the roster? But at the end of his career right now, I don't think it's good for him legacy wise to be bouncing around so much. Unless that final move is to play with his son, I really don't want to see him in another uniform. I know people were talking about, oh, he wants to play with Steph Curry. I don't think he wants to go to the Warriors, you know, jump on their coattails for another ring just to satisfy this, you know, this urge to play with Steph Curry. I don't I don't think that would be a good look for him, in my opinion. So I think it's best he wait, see how the summer plays out. If they, you know, the Lakers do everything to his liking and he thinks, OK, these guys are really putting their best foot forward to, you know, um, compete for a championship again, then I'll, I'll sign that extension. And when my son gets to the league, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. 
Um, but if they don't do what I expected them to do, I might do a one and one one year, you know, this year coming up and then do a player option and I might opt out. But I think he should resign with the Lakers. I think it's a good move for him. You know, he's bounced around enough Cleveland to the heat back to Cleveland to L.A. I don't want to see him in another jersey, man. So, yeah, LeBron for the Lakers, you know, you know, he might capture the, you know, the all time. uh scoring lead this year in a Laker uniform to pass Kareem. So I think these are all things he thinks about, especially when you're at, you know, a player at his height. So I think re-signing with the Lakers is the best move for him. Ben, what you think about that? What you think LeBron should do in August? I think at this point in his career, LeBron's decisions have way less to do with money and basketball than they do legacy and family. Um, And it just makes sense for him to be in Los Angeles for the rest of his career. Um, If you look at both of those factors, his kids go to school in L.A. Um, That's where his family lives. And that's where a lot of his business is. Um, And then, like Mike said, legacy wise, it's best for him to stay in L.A. You, you know, show that you can have that kind of consistency throughout your career only playing with a few teams and getting it done in every location, at least on some level. Um, So to me, whether he signs an extension this summer or not, I think he is going to be a Los Angeles Laker for the rest of his career without question. Yeah, me too. Like he loves, he loves Los Angeles. He loves, like you say, he moved his whole family here and uh, you know, he already accomplished what he said to accomplish with the Lakers. He won the ring. I think it'll be great if he stays with the Lakers and passes Kareem in a Lakers uniform. He's not going anywhere. And I don't even think he's going to make it that far to play with his son. I, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. He's a Laker. He's a Laker for the rest of his life. So we ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> we ain't got nothing to worry about. Yeah, All right, real quick. I was going to say to oh. Sixty, sorry. Like Mike said, like it's a good point he brought out about the Warriors, because I remember like a month or two ago, we were talking about that in one of our segments. And, you know, it's like I honestly it's like it would be weird to see him in a Warriors uniform. Mm-hmm. So it's like and, you know, plus like the Warriors, they already have their people. They have their weapons like Steph Curry. You have Clay Thompson, you know. They got their people. So it's like it would just look odd, like in a way, like even though Steph and LeBron, like they're good, but it would just look a little bit odd, like the dynamic. And then it's like with the Lakers, it's like, you know, the Lakers, like we definitely, you know, like we need him, you know, like he's (laughs) he makes the everything look, you know, but you guys know what I mean. Like, you know, it's like I can't see him in another uniform either. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I want him to stay with the Lakers. Yeah, what he going to do? Sign with the cast for the third time? Like, no, <laughs> no, he's not going to do that. But yeah. uh, let's let's go ahead and touch on real quick before we get to our fun segment. The WNBA announced their all-star starters. That's being led by Asia Wilson and Breonna Stewart top vote getters. They're going to be the captains. And then that's followed by the starters are Sue Bird, Sylvia Files, Sabrina Inescu, John Quill Jones, Jackie Young, Kelsey, Kelsey Plum, Candace Parker, and Nikhil Gwumake. <laughs> I got it. Okay, good. Uh, uh, and she on my fantasy team, so I'm trying to get it right. 
<laughs> and Onescu's. Shout out to them. But uh, uh, what what do y'all think about these names being the WNBA starters? Real quick, Mike, what you think? Um, I think they're all well deserved. I have no issues. Um, Aces got three starters, three, mm-hmm. three people on the All Star team. That's- hey, Plum <laughs> and Young popped off this year. They popped so, off. So they're doing big things, man. I think the one person I'm surprised to not see up there, I'm surprised Skylar Diggins is not up there. She's having a great year, even if her team isn't having the best of years. So my pick would be Skylar Diggins, though. So I still think she had a place on there, averaging 18 points a game. Um, But, yeah, everybody else is well-deserved. So it's great that they made the team. All right. Uh, Ben, what you think about the WNBA All-Star starters? I like him as well. Uh, you guys mentioned it. Ace has got a lot of representation. Uh, yeah. Seattle, Seattle Storm do too. Um, and if you look at, uh, you know, just people I want to see moving forward, Skylar Diggins-Smith, 19-5. and Three-point shooting really took a hit this year. Uh, yeah. She was shooting like 37 38% the season before, shooting not even 32% this year, um, which is why I'm, I'm okay with her being left off at least the starters list. Um, but her numbers are still nice. Uh, Mercury is still good. And uh, Jewel Lloyd, 16.6 points per game. She's shooting basically 40% from three. And uh, she's got a, you know, a key piece for the Storm being second in the West. Um, so those are my two people who I'd like to see uh, named All-Stars going forward. Uh, Korea, what you think about the WNBA All-Star starters list? Um, I like it. Um, it seems like it's pretty pretty good lineup, you know, um, like a couple players from Seattle, like Ben said, and then, you know, you have your uh, aces too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got some good, um, you know, group of women, um, you know, playing. And uh, it's nice to see Candace Parker, you know, um, from the sky, nice to see her in there and then also sabrina too because sabrina is my favorite but um i like her so um it's gonna be um pretty cool to see what they bring for sure yeah these these ladies deserve you know they deserve to be all-stars but i got a problem i have an issue with some of these some of these some of them don't really deserve to be stars they just got in off legacy sue bird and candace parker like they got all they got their starters mentioned by legacy, not by numbers. And you know, they kind of don't sit well with me. Uh, you want to give, you know, props to who having one of the best seasons. And I don't think they having one of the best seasons in the WNBA right now. I mean, Candace Parker is down in points per game, and so is Sue Bird. And I I don't think that and also I feel the same way with John Claire Jones. She dropped from 20 points per game. Now she's at 15. So I don't think she'd be, she, she should be the starter. I agree with Skylar Diggins-Smith. I think she should be started, but I read that as far as like player vote, like she was low, but everywhere else she was pretty high. So I guess that, that's what those are called. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess that knocked off. And also Arike Agumba-Wally. Uh, I think she should be a starter too from, uh, from Dallas. She's scoring like 18 points per game. Having a good season, um, Dallas. They like, I think they're nine and ten, so they like that uh, mid-level team. But I mean, she deserved it too. I think they're gonna get in as you know, you know, the bench to fill out the rest of the All Stars. But they should be in the starting role. And also, shout out to the Aces three. 
Count them up. One, two, three. All stars. Thank you, Becky. <laughs> Aces doing their thing, man. I yeah, they doing their thing. Yeah, they lost two in a row, but no, that's okay. That's okay. All right, you're gonna hit a couple we'll bumps on the road. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. It's okay. All right, all right. Uh, let's go to our segment. I was thinking about this. I was like, we're talking about W. I mean, not W. NBA free agency. You know what's coming with that? And a question popped in my head: What was the biggest free agency signing in NBA history? There's a few out there that stuck out, but what was the biggest one? I got a feeling it's two of them I'm thinking about that I think that we all going to say, but I just wanted to see what is the reality. So, Ben, what was your biggest free agency signing in NBA history? It's not even close, man. And I feel kind of bad that you chose me first because now I got to steal everyone else's answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the decision. It's LeBron James. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. I was – it was 12 oh. years ago. It was 12 years ago. I was eight. And that's going to be ingrained in my mind forever. Based on the reaction, I'm not sure I chose the same one as everyone else at this point. But, uh, yes, yeah, LeBron James. They go. They win a couple of rings. Um, you know, one of the most iconic big threes kind of started a little bit of an era. Kind of changed the league in a way, um, super team-wise. And like I said, that was 12 years ago. I was eight. And I'm never going to forget that. Um, so, yeah, to me, he was best player in the league by far at the time. Uh, you know, top two greatest players of all time. And it was just such a spectacle to me. Um, they had the whole ESPN special. It was such a show that I think, to me, without question, a couple of you look like you disagree. Fine. I'll, I'll wait for the you know, the rebuttals. Without question, LeBron. No, nah, I was just mad at the, the show, the decision. But 45 minutes wasted. Yeah. Just two oh. minutes of excitement, like no, 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 no. He shouldn't have done that. Like, come on, man. He and then they threw, it. and look. Then when he got to the heat, they threw the concert. They threw the concert. Man, <laughs> yo, they was, it was crazy. It was crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's, it was a man. spectacle. It was a whole thing. Dude, he should never have did that decision. <laughs> like, he shouldn't have did that show. Like, I get it for charity, but an hour, an hour. He's just sitting there. Okay, all right. <laughs> Karina, what do you think was the biggest free agency sign in NBA history? Um, well, there's a lot, honestly. But um, besides Bruce Bowen, I'd say one person that I could pick would be Tim Hardaway. Um, okay. So, 1996. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, um, the year I was born. And oh, so, okay. um, yeah, and so um, he played for the Warriors and then the Heat took him. Um, so, you know, uh, he was pretty good, you know, breaking ankles and all that. Um, and so um, he signed a five year um, contract with Miami um, in 96, like I said, and um, he made the all star um, the NBA uh, first team in 97. So the year after. And so, um, he was, he retired with Miami. He had his number retired with Miami. And, um, so he, he had beat the Knicks, um, in game seven by himself pretty much, um, in the 97 Eastern conference semifinals. And so, um, basically like he was one of the best, uh, I feel like, 
he was a, definitely a good, um, you know, um, <laughs> he's he made like NBA history. Um, one of the guys that made NBA history, because there are a good number of guys, as you guys know, out there, you know. So for me, he's one of the guys out there, one of the great guys out there. That's me. Came out of left field with that one, Tim Hardaway. Yeah, Tim Hardaway. Okay. Wow. Okay, crossover. Yep. Yeah, that crossover, oh. man. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what is your biggest signing in NBA free agency history? Ah, so I'm, I'm actually very surprised no one took my answer. I, I thought it was going to be an obvious answer, but that's okay. That, that, that it's better for me. Um, y'all see them colors behind me, so you know which way I'm going. Come on, man. Don't say where I Shaq. Thought. No, that was my answer. Oh, like, my hey, answer, like, man. Oh. I'm going with Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, do I really have to explain three championships, three Pete with Kobe? And also, you can look at it from a Laker perspective. You can look at it from a Magic perspective. If they would have been able to retain Shaq, might have been able to win a championship. You know, Jordan was on his way out towards the end of that. So who knows what him and Pitty, they had already been to a finals, you know, so who knows what they could have been. As you can see, they ain't won a championship since. They've had plenty of number one picks to show that. So I'm going with Shaq, man. Brought that three-peat to L.A. It should have been more, but I'm happy with what we got, man. Stacy, yeah. that's why maybe sometimes you should go first. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to be the main host. I'm hey, just trying man, to be the right. ceremony. Damn, Mike, you stole my answer, oh, man. God. See, that's why I wrote down three of them. Then to my other answers. <laughs> so LeBron was my backup, and then KD was right. my third. So yeah, I'll stick yeah, to LeBron too because Stacy, so, before the show, I told you LeBron. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to say LeBron. So. I'm glad we all different. So I'm gonna take KD to the Warriors since okay. <laughs> since that happened. All right. So you know Kevin Durant, no Oklahoma City dissipated. Oklahoma City Thunder they dissipated. Um, KD is a free agent. The Cav the the Cavaliers just beat the Warriors three one. Coming back down from three one, seventy three and nine was the Warriors. They broke the regular season record just to lose in the finals in game seven. They signed Kevin Durant and Mealy had the NBA world shook. Everybody knew going into that season that <laughs> they was going to win the championship and boy did they did. They dominated on their way to this championship. I think they won 66 games that year. Uh, 66 or 67, one of the two. Uh, I think it was like 15 and two in the playoffs or something like that. Like crazy. And then the following year, one again. And everybody, once again, everybody like, yeah, they're going to come back and they're going to win. And they did it again. Then the next year, they could have won a championship if they was all healthy. Sorry sorry to say that, Ben, but that's the reality. I would have won. They would say, oh, yeah. Hey, look, I ain't trying to hear that. I picked the Raptors to win in December that year. Y'all remember? No, nope. you did. That's you true. did. No. Nope. The Oracle. The Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. Shout out to you, but. You know, KD to the Warriors, that yeah. man, that, that took the lead by storm right there. But that was the end of Stacy on Sports. We was right back. Season three continues. We got a lot more to come. Of course, we're going to keep on talking about free agency because um, July 1st, that's the start of free agency period. Players can sign a few days after that, but players can also announce where they're going July 1st. So we're going to keep our eyes on that. We're going to keep our eyes on the Lakers, maybe the Raptors a little bit. 
And until, <laughs> until next time, we are signing off. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching.